Welcome to Great Hearts Table. I'm Randy Greenwald, and it's great to have your company. I'd like to begin with a couple of housekeeping details. First, as my web hosting service has a way of reminding me, producing a podcast does have a cost beyond my time. I'm not dreaming of great riches, but I do want to pay the rent, and if this podcast has encouraged you and you're inclined to make a donation, a link is in the show notes. Of course, there's no obligation to do so. And secondly, if you've listened for a while, you understand that I care deeply about helping pastors shape their identity and calling in a sustainable way. For such a vision to be helpful, it needs to be spread. I'd be grateful if you would review this podcast and, as you're able, pass it on to others. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my favorite people are broken. Believe me, my heart should know. Here's a riddle for you. When is a door not a door? Well, since my sense of humor petrified around age 12, I still find the answer. When it's a jar, kind of funny. But this suggests another riddle, one not so easily solved and one that not even I can find particularly funny. It's this. When is a pastor not a pastor? Many of us implicitly answer that question, never. I get that. Pastors are always on call, always accessible. We're expected to model a moral consistency between our public and private lives. Pastors are set apart, ordained by the church, marked in a way that other professions are not. The name pastor is given us through the laying on of hands. The result is that many of us live with no boundary between who we are as a person and who we are as a pastor. And while this is understandable, I'm not sure it's sustainable. We need to be able to walk into our bedroom, change from whatever clothes mark us as pastor, and emerge in shorts and a t-shirt or something. We need to be able to shed the role and to be just a person. I need to see myself not as a pastor, but as a guy who is a pastor. The difference can be profound. If my role as pastor is of the essence of who I am as a person, then in order to be okay with who I am as a person, I must be a strong and competent pastor. Whatever failings I have in that role, and whatever weaknesses I bring to it, I'll bear as failings in me as a person. And any criticisms aimed at my pastoral performance become personal attacks on who I am. Our weaknesses and failings and received criticism will always matter to us, of course. But if I can build some space between who I am as a beloved child of God and what I do as a pastor, then I can be okay with myself as a person, even though my pastoral skills are marginal and my sermons occasionally misfire and that last congregational meeting was a disaster and my kids are not at all what others assume they should be. Further, to conflate our person and our profession confuses our Christian life with our professional security. Our character, our desire to be Christ-like, should find its exclusive motivation in the fact that we, as persons, are beloved children of God. To grieve sin and pray for godliness, to live for God's glory and reflect His comfort and kindness in a personal and genuine way, that's the heart's cry of the Christian, regardless of professional status. 
But when our personhood and our profession become blurred, seeking godliness can become just one more means of keeping one's job. And then when pastoral pressures become so great that one seeks a way of escape, and those days do come, if we have no boundaries in our identity, then to stop acting like a pastor means to stop acting like a Christian. An affair or a bender may be how one rebels against the demands of being a pastor. This is a riddle, then. When is a pastor not a pastor? Can the pastoral role and the person filling it be distinguished? If we don't distinguish between them, then what happens when we lose the ability or the place to pastor? To take away our pastoring strips us then of our personhood. If, on the other hand, we can mark out a border between role and person, then when the role disappears, the person remains. Of course, in such a case, the loss is so deeply grieved but the person who may no longer be a pastor retains significance as a child of God. When is a pastor not a pastor? The best answer, I think, is frequently. Early in my ministry, I spent a season playing trumpet in a swing band. Had you asked me why I was doing this, I would have told you that I saw it as an evangelistic opportunity, a way to build relationships outside the church. That's not a bad motivation. But I couldn't shed my pastoral identity long enough to just do something for the fun of it and be okay with that. When we conflate our person with our profession, we lose the freedom to be who we really are. It becomes impossible to be a pastor by day and a trumpet player by night. In the end, our congregations get a false and very fragile pastor. So I'm not a pastor. I'm a guy who is a pastor. I struggle with this distinction, but the battle to preserve it is a battle worth fighting. When is a pastor not a pastor? When one is okay with not being a pastor. And while that's a terrible punchline, it has the power to make us, ironically, better pastors. And I can smile at that. Great Hearts Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs, All My Favorite People, and Called Home. And thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found called home. Take a left to lonely 